Hello, everybody, and today we are talking to Tony Ariseri, the creator of Cryptosphere. And Cryptosphere is an open source peer to peer web application platform uh, which makes it easy to build decentralized privacy preserving software so that users can keep control of their own content. Um, hi, Tony. Hi. <laughs> Great to have you here. And uh, if you kind of why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what Cryptosphere is? Uh, so yeah, I'm Tony Arsiri. Um, I'm probably best known for a uh, framework for concurrent and distributed computing I created called Celluloid, which is based on this thing called the actor model. Uh, so I basically created that because I was writing peer-to-peer -peer software and I thought it was really hard. <laughs> so um, in the past there have been some of these other frameworks like Twisted for Python, uh, Event Machine for Ruby, and probably the most famous of that sort was called Node.js. And I really struggle with them uh, trying to write this other peer-to-peer -peer software about like seven years ago. Uh, that software is called DistribuStream, so Cryptosphere is kind of... Uh, my second attempt at building a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, platform now that I've kind yeah. of hopefully solved the problem of like what framework do you even build the peer-to-peer -peer software right. on top of. You've gone through the process once and uh, what what sort of you know what's motivated you to to build a peer-to-peer -peer program? Um, so I'm definitely a big fan of privacy and I think the way the web works right now Basically, if you want to use any web application whatsoever, you have to hand all your data over to them. They know everything about you, so you wind up with like your Googles, your Facebooks, where basically you're giving them things that you may or may not want to be seen by the entire world. But kind of the interest of, say, a Facebook is to uh, make all that information as public as possible. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, I really want to uh, kind of solve that problem generally. So I'm not trying to make like, uh, you know, a diaspora competitor or anything like that, right? I want to build the uh, sort of framework that apps like uh, diaspora should be built on top of. Right. So you're, so you're more kind of focusing on the, the kind of the underlying uh, foundation or structure upon which ideally other people would build apps that, that, that where the, the communication would be peer-to-peer, -peer, or is that...? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm trying to build basically software that should make it easy for anybody to build a diaspora type of uh, software. And there's uh, a bunch of other uh, people working on these sort of apps, even just like web-based encryption apps. Uh, CryptoCat, the chat software, and I think what the creators of this type of software are learning is that building secure software within the whole uh, web environment right now is very, very hard. So I'm trying to not only create my own solutions, but kind of put together uh, existing solutions to kind of a comprehensive package to where it should be easy for people to start writing these apps where everything is encrypted everywhere and all the encryption happens on your local computer before anything is ever sent to the network. Okay, so does that, does that include um, metadata, uh, or, or is it just the, just the content that's going to get encrypted? 
Uh, so there's a bunch of places this does leak certain types of information. Uh, so one of the other things the cryptosphere does is store data. And it's storing data on a peer-to-peer -peer network where the peers are, you know, unreliable, basically. Like, you can't really trust anybody in a peer-to-peer -peer network. So one of the things it has to do is make it easy uh, if peers drop out of the network to kind of repair the data. Uh, I mean, it adds a redundancy, but, you know, if some of the peers go away, it has to find new peers to kind of pick up the slack. So uh, to do that, it does leak a little bit of information. It leaks information kind of about the general structure of your data. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's various types of metadata that gets leaked. Uh, somebody doing deep packet analysis can potentially learn a lot about basically the behavior of what it's doing. But the idea is, you know, beyond the things that are necessary for the network to even work, it tries to keep everything it can confidential. Okay, and where, where, at what stage are you uh, in the project now? Uh, it's still fairly early on. Uh, so, what are the downsides of writing your own uh, sort of concurrency framework to build a project on top of? Is I spend a lot of time maintaining that. Um, the upside is people are actually using that in the Ruby world now. So there's a bunch of projects that are built on top of it, and I have a really good co-contributor on the project who's basically trying to take over most of the day-to-day -day work on it, which should hopefully free me up to uh, work on the cryptosphere more. Awesome, and 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 what kind of uh, what kind of things are being written on top of it now? Uh, so the main thing is uh, this job queue called Sidekick that a lot of people are using. Uh, just to do background jobs. Uh, there's also a telephony framework that's built on top of it called Adhesion that makes it easy to uh, do basically like telephone calls, have a automated uh, you know, sort of telephone directory that, uh, you know, like voice menu type of thing. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, celluloid's very general. The cryptosphere is kind of uh, honing down on that generality to be uh, hopefully immediately useful to uh, HTML and JavaScript developers who want to build basically apps and, and their backend is a peer-to-peer -peer grid. So, sorry, could you, uh, could you explain a little bit more, you know, this, this uh, kind of honing down and the, uh, the kind of difference between celluloid that you're, you mentioned? Uh, so Celluloid itself doesn't really have a security model, so uh, you you can use it in what's called a trusted environment uh, to build apps where basically every single node trusts each other. Um, the problem with the peer-to-peer -peer system is that doesn't work at all. Basically, you have to assume every single node in the entire network is a potential attacker. So uh, basically, the cryptosphere is a very sort of limited, uh, much more secured version of celluloid itself, to where um, basically there's all these mechanisms in place that make sure uh, greedy peers, malicious peers, etc., can abuse the system. And and uh, this kind of extra security, um, you know, does it like is there a trade-off? Like, what kind of you know implications does that have? You know, uh, benefit. So there's a few things, right? So 
the goal of the cryptosphere is to put people back in control of their own data. So if you don't want Google or Facebook to store all your data, basically you either have to store that, which doesn't work really well because probably people don't want to maintain their own servers, people are using laptops, or laptops go offline, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, what the cryptosphere does is try to have the peer-to-peer -peer, peer -peer grid uh, store all that data for you. And there's several other peer-to-peer -peer systems provide this sort of general storage service. Um, just off the top of my head, the big ones are Freenet, GNUnet, and uh, my personal favorite, which is this really obscure one called Tahoe Laughs uh, by this guy Zuko. Uh, yeah, so those systems basically allow the peer-to-peer -peer grid to store data. Um, some of the big unanswered questions with all these systems are things like accounting, uh, basically how do you make sure people contribute fairly to the network, right? Like if you're storing stuff on the network, you should in some way contribute back to the network, right? So you either need to basically turn your home computer into a storage server and uh, contribute equally to the network in order to participate, or if you can't do that, you should be buying uh, basically like storage shares off of other people who are doing that. Right. So, and at the moment, do you, do you have any of this kind of regu regulatory uh, sort of aspects in place? Uh, no, they're all just planned. They were just planned. And, um, um, yeah. Uh, so, I kind of want to do something somewhat similar to the Bitcoin blockchain. But instead of having uh, one blockchain to rule them all, I want each peer to have their own individual blockchain. Uh, where basically they're doing like an IOU system, right? So mm -hmm. you you find a peer, that peer is like, okay, I'll take your data. Uh, you effectively try to set up a lease with that peer, right? So you would uh, both mutually sign off using digital signatures saying, uh, this guy is going to offer me this data and exchange or offer me this storage service. In exchange for that, if he asks me for storage service, I will give it to him and we'll basically do tit for tat. Uh, you store a megabyte of data for a day, I'll store a megabyte of data for a day for you. Cool. And so just to kind of, um, I guess, kind of explain a little bit. So the obviously the idea of kind of having this, this way of um, self-regulation uh, you know, interrupt me if I'm if I'm if I'm misunderstanding. Is 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 precisely so? There's no kind of you know central authority that's like saying yes, you know that's fine. No, that's that's bad. Like you're not allowed in the network. Yes, you are. And that you want you kind of want the system to regulate itself. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, my goal is like each peer decides its own destiny. <laughs> so uh, every peer tries to learn as much about the network as it can. Uh, so they try to model uh, basically uh, the entire structure of the internet is the goal, right? Um, so this has kind of been a big problem with peer-to-peer -peer systems in the past, that uh, every peer looks alike, uh, which is definitely not the case with the internet, right? Like, ideally, you're uh, collaborating with peers that are Geo like geo I want to say geographically, uh, but that isn't really what matters. But basically, you want people who are very few network hops from you, who you have uh, high bandwidth links with, basically. 
Um, so there have been a lot of uh, various attempts in peer-to-peer -peer systems to kind of optimize this stuff in the past. Uh, the main thing I can think of is this protocol called P4P, uh, which would basically let internet service providers describe well, this information. P3P, did you say? Uh, P for P, P, P the number four P. I forget what it stands for specifically. Uh, so they were trying to let inter ISPs tell peer-to-peer -peer networks how to organize. And my goal is so they don't have to do that at all, that the peer-to-peer uh, -peer network can actually just learn this information completely automatically. Um, so the way it does that it goes back to that sort of blockchain idea. So basically, uh, the peer, each peer maintains its own uh, mutually verified sort of history of uh, basically how fast they can talk to every other peer in the network. And if they download a bunch of these little uh, sort of histories from the other peers that they actually work with on a regular basis and kind of grow to trust just because, you know, the network seems to be working, right, to lease out uh, their or lease out storage and obtain storage service from these other peers. So basically, uh, when you do that, right, it's kind of like going to a restaurant a bunch and you eventually become a regular, right? So then you might ask, you know, right? So you kind of like upgrade right? like, through the uh, through the levels of of you know, kind of having proven yourself to be more reliable um, or more available. Like more things get rooted through you, or yeah, basically. Yeah, so the idea is basically like these peers can kind of talk to each other, right? So you can imagine going to a restaurant or a bar and being a regular and see so ask the bartender, it's like, what other restaurant should I go to? That kind of thing, right? <laughs> right, okay. So like, so I mean, so just kind of, I'm not entirely sure about the comparison of the blockchain, but so each each kind of node or each, you know, peer in the, in the network um, has a log of kind of their their connection to other peers and, and you know speed or whatever like location how you know how convenient it is you know for you to connect to them and uh, when it comes to kind of regulating the network or actually routing through through this network um, what what is, what is the actual kind of uh, you know the algorithm or, or mechanism or a way that you envisage that that working. So uh, when, when you have all these logs, right, when you have all this metadata about, you know, how effectively it was I able to communicate with these other peers, then basically you can start collecting all of them and uh, so the algorithm you use to basically select. So what, what you want to do, right, you want to expand your network of peers. So you have a bunch of peers you've been working with and you want to effectively grow your peer network because you have either more data than you can ex than you can store on your existing. Uh, it, uh, so what you would do then is apply algorithm. Uh, so the, the name for this type of algorithm is called collaborative filtering. Uh, it's probably best known as the Amazon recommendation engine. Uh, so there's several uh, types of algorithms that uh, fit this category. The main one is known as singular value decomposition. Uh, you do all this crazy stuff with uh, sparse matrices. Uh, but basically the idea is, you know, based on your history with other peers, you can kind of look at the peers that they have also interacted with, because every time you interact with one of these peers, you're going to grab their whole history of every other peer on the network they've interacted with. So basically, 
So wait, so th so the the data for any individual peers that's stored locally, or you know, that is, each peer stores its own history, and right. then when you, and when when you, you come across a peer, you get that history, or so when you or? want to do something, when you want to engage in one of these leases with a peer, what they're going to do is kind of give you their individual blockchain, and you're going to sign off that like yes, I'm giving storage service, or yes, I'm accepting storage service. So just by the way the network operates, it's going to grab these histories, you're going to sign them, they're going to sign them, but in the meantime, you're sort of like collecting. Each peer collects all this information about the peers it's interacted with. And then you, once you have all that information, you can kind of do the Amazon thing, right? You can go, here's my history of peers I've interacted with, kind of like here's the products I've looked at or bought on Amazon, and you can go, okay, here's all the other peers I know about, and based on that, which peers are most similar to the peers that I've interacted with and had like good service with, right? Okay, awesome. Well, I I love this idea of, of using kind of this uh, Bitcoin type style method. Um, do you, you talked a, a bit about kind of other obviously um, peer to peer kind of uh, uh, protocols and. Uh, what is it? You know, what is it that made you want to make CryptoSphere? And you know, like, what, you know, if you were going to summarize, how do you think? You know, what does it bring? How does it distinguish itself? Like, what? You know, what is the focus of it? Uh, so I should probably first start by talking about uh, Tahoe. So Tahoe Laughs uh, is a very very similar system. I'm uh, taking a lot of their ideas, but it's also a project I've contributed to. So they're trying to do a peer-to-peer -peer file system. Uh, right now, it's mostly targeted at like small groups, but they're talking about expanding it out to, uh, you know, larger and larger networks. Um, the main thing that I think distinguishes the Cryptosphere from Tahoe is I want to make it really easy to build uh, web applications on top of the Cryptosphere. And avoiding that mostly because uh, web security is really, really, really hard to get right. And they feel like if you can't get it right, you shouldn't do it at all. Uh, they may be right about that. <laughs> um, so even doing the, even trying to do this and trying to loop in a web browser and make it really easy for uh, people who build HTML and JavaScript apps to build on top of the Cryptosphere. Um, yeah, doing that all is pretty scary. There's probably going to be uh, some mistakes made along the way, uh, but I think it's worthwhile, it's worth attempting, and hopefully when we're done, uh, we should have something really neat for people to build on top of. Uh, the one other distinguishing characteristic is uh, trying to heavily integrate with Git. Uh, so Git is a distributed version control system. It's something people are really familiar with, and it's a great way to manage things like the source code HTML apps. Uh, so the idea is if somebody's familiar with Git, they can just uh, write all their stuff, check it into Git, Git push, and this gets kind of blasted out to the whole peer-to-peer -peer network. So anybody who goes to a Cryptosphere address looking for a website, uh, gets the latest, greatest version of that code, um, and everything is kept secure end-to-end -end the entire way uh, without them ever having to think about that. Cool, so you're kind of pro providing this uh, providing this kind of 
service for 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 you know kind of web app developers. I mean, who like if you would think about you know in a few years this is where I want this to be and you know this is this is what I really want people to be doing with it. What's kind of you know what's what's the dream? What's the goal? Um, I mean, so there's all sorts of things I can think of that you could build on top of this. Uh, the goal would be distributed Facebooks, distributed Wikipedias, you know, all these things where kind of, you know, there are these systems where a bunch of people are trying to collaborate on something or there are social networks. Uh, you know, the social network aspect is way more interesting to me because, you know, people want to share stuff with their friends. They want to keep it just within their group of friends. They don't necessarily want to show the world or their employers or their parents, right? They want to go have a good time and be able to take pictures but not, like, worry about, like, you know, uh, somebody seeing something that is something unseemly that they wouldn't want the entire world to see, right? I, I want uh, people to be able to have that sort of sharing among, you know, their friends but without the sort of Facebook worries of Facebook just wants all your data and they want everybody to be able to see everything. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, same with Wikipedia, right? Like, you, you have this really cool, uh, you know, collection of all the world's knowledge, but a lot of people don't like the way Wikipedia is being run right now. It would be great if Wikipedia and let, you know, somebody else kind of uh, maybe experiment with uh, the social policies around how Wikipedia is run or something, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe it shouldn't be that everybody is able to edit everything at all times, right? Like, maybe Wikipedia needs more of a security model that isn't just, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, all these people are editing stuff and we don't like your edits, so we're the mods, we're just going to revert it, right? So I think if you're if you or a group of people are really unhappy with the way Wikipedia is run, there shouldn't be this giant like infrastructural investment to try to uh, you know make your own Wikipedia replacement, right? It should be as easy as like I'm going to take Wikipedia, I'm just going to fork it, and the parts of Wikipedia that are shared between the old Wikipedia and the new Wikipedia just get shared by the network, and then just the things that have changed, uh, you know, you can control yourself. Okay, so that's, that's that's quite interesting. So I guess you know you're you're also seeing this kind of this aspect of you know um, kind of using using kind of Git and the, the ability to have the uh, fork and have versions and the ability to to to, um, to to work with what uh, Cryptosphere is offering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is something I kind of see all over the place, right? Like, if you look at something like the domain name system, right? Uh, there are governments who are like, we don't like these domain names, so we're just going to shut them down. So right now, DNS is very, very centralized. Um, and it would be cool if DNS itself could be decentralized. There are people also working on this with systems like Namecoin. I think it would be really neat if, like, you know, we have someone like ICANN who's in control of DNS, and if enough people get mad at ICANN and they're like, we want to make our own domain name registry that's distinct from yours, uh, they could basically fork ICANN and people could go, okay, we're going to trust, like, this alternative ICANN, you know, to be the domain name registry. It starts as just, like, a fork of the original, but 
you know, it could be a fork that's ICANN, but, you know, the domain names are trying to censor. Well, we, we're just going to keep all those in there. <laughs> so it basically makes it really hard for governments to leverage things like centralized entities to, uh, to yeah, and then, and censor. Yeah. <laughs> push control and, 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 and push that. So, um, so kind of to, uh, to sort of start wrapping up, but, um, like, you know, what do you, you know, what is like next? What are you, what are you working on? And like, you know, how do people get, how do people get involved? Um, and just to kind of answer that, I guess it'd be, um, you know, from a user perspective, you know, say some someone, you know, say if, if you if you are technical, if you're not technical, you know, how do you how do you start using this now, and, and how actually how reliable is the network at, at present? Uh, so the network at present is non-existent. Um, non-existent. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, basically right now I'm working on the Git server, uh, learning an awful lot about Git, all its intricacies like pack files and that kind of thing. Um, I, I really like Git. I really think it's the right choice for this, especially uh, for managing things like the source code to HTML and JavaScript applications, or for something like Wikipedia, right, where you have these large text-based documents. Uh, Git does a really good job of basically letting you efficiently represent uh, lots and lots of small changes over time to that sort of thing. Um, so that's where I've been focused on uh, the other things I've already tackled, which are, you know, fairly hard, but uh, I, I think not the hardest problems in the system. Uh, I've done an awful lot of work trying to make sure the uh, is good. <laughs> so I've uh, developed my own wrapper to a fairly uh, prestigious cryptography library called the Networking and Cryptography Library by Dan Bernstein. Uh, otherwise known as NACL, or uh, he says it should be called SALT. Uh, but, so this is, uh, Dan Bernstein is pretty much one of the leading cryptographers in the world, um, and I have built uh, basically a wrapper to his library and worked with other people to make it easier to distribute, easier to install. Uh, so ultimately, my goal for the cryptosphere is basically... Um, you have one thing as an end user, right? You have one thing you can download. Uh, you have a, a nice, like, simple installer. And ideally, basically, what you get is, like, a custom web browser that uh, talks to this little back end that's running locally, encrypting, every, encrypting everything locally, so nothing's going through a centralized service at all. And basically, you have this, like, secure web browser with this uh, sort of complicated peer-to-peer backend that's doing all the magic for you. So yeah, the, the UI in the end should be a web browser, in my opinion. Awesome. Okay. And uh, and in terms of kind of the the applications that work on on top of it, are they going to be just essentially apps from the you know that that are specific for the for the the browser? Uh yeah. So um. I'm actually kind of, so long before the World Wide Web as we know it, there was this system, this hypertext system from the 60s called Xanadu that was trying to solve all these problems and it was just overcomplicated and never went anywhere. Um, so basically I'm trying to solve all the problems that Xanadu is trying to solve where 
every single piece of the content in the entire system is securely identifiable. Uh, yeah, and basically, uh, so you're going to build apps specific to this like secure version of the web. Um, it's going to have a JavaScript API, um, and it's going to leverage a lot of uh, neat stuff that's only just becoming available in modern web browsers. Uh, most notably, uh, HTML5 added real sandboxing. It added this thing called iframe sandbox. So basically, I can have this little outer page that's doing all the security stuff. It's doing all the secret management. And uh, the actual apps that are running on the, uh, on the cryptosphere uh, will run inside of the sandbox, talk over, this, uh, talk over these message channel things to the outer page. And the outer page is going to talk to this actual backend you're going to have to download, which I'm writing in Ruby. And so basically, if you use the API that's exposed inside the sandbox, uh, you as an HTML5 JavaScript uh, app developer are going to be able to leverage this pretty rich peer-to-peer -peer backend to do all sorts of cool stuff for you, mostly just storing data, uh, providing secure ways to share data among like uh, trusted peers, uh, that sort of thing, right? So people can build these like distributed Facebooks and distributed Wikipedias and that kind of thing. Okay, so so uh, eventually people will be able to download, have this browser, and then they can go and access and use awesome you know Facebook clones. Everything is automatically encrypted for them. They don't have to set anything up, and there's no sort of central routing. It's all just through the peer-to-peer -peer network. Um, that's how, that sounds like an amazing future. Like, and how you know, how far away do you think you are? And, and you know, what what do you need to happen for that to you know be a, rea a reality that's like that's actually kind of dependable and, and efficient and and usable? Uh, so my goal is to ship this in a year. Um, so 10 years ago, I presented my other peer-to-peer uh, -peer system at DEF CON. So my goal is to try to ship this at like the 10th anniversary of my last, my other system kind of fizzled out. <laughs> but um, as far as like what I'm looking for with collaborators, uh, on the Ruby side, I'm kind of trying to pick people uh, out of uh, my other projects, Celluloid. So people, you know, Celluloid itself has gotten a lot of people uh, who are interested in these sort of ideas to kind of, you know, come to a single place and kind of talk. Uh, so a lot of people, I, I didn't mention it before, but a lot of people who are using Celluloid now are actually using it to build stuff like Bitcoin trading websites. So there's already a lot of people who are sort of interested in this sort of thing who are kind of hangers on Celluloid. So on the Ruby side, I really like to recruit those people to kind of uh, work on the back end. Uh, on the front end, I'm definitely looking for people who are HTML5 and JavaScript developers who are interested in this sort of thing, uh, who want to build secure, decentralized apps, don't want to write the back end themselves, want somebody to write it for them. Uh, I would really love to have uh, some HTML and JavaScript developers get involved and help sort of flesh out these APIs that are going to exist inside the sandbox uh, and basically be the uh, API that anybody using JavaScript would use. Um, so there's already a bunch of these sort of people working on uh, the parts I want to use in the browser. Um, these technologies specifically are called Oasis and Conductor. 
their Oasis does the sandboxing, and Conductor is kind of the application framework. Uh, so they build these things called cards, kind of like uh, in Twitter, you know, uh, Twitter pulls it, when you click on a tweet, it has like media attached to it, right? You get a little tiny embedded yeah. view of that media. Uh, so that's actually coming off site, off of Twitter. So I, it's the same idea, right? You can pull this third party content into your system and still have it be secure. So uh, I'm, yeah, basically I'm looking for, especially people who are interested in Oasis and Conductor and more generally this other uh, JavaScript framework called Ember.js. Um, so I, I used to work with some of the guys who created all this stuff. Uh, I keep talking to them about how to combine this all together into a single system to do all this stuff for you. Uh, but yeah, definitely if you're interested in building decentralized apps in HTML and JavaScript, uh, definitely talk to me. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you very much, Tony. And uh, for everybody, Cryptosphere.org is, uh, is the new site. And uh, cool. Maybe we do that again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks. All right. <laughs>